You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sobriety. I have a, I have a decaf coffee. Can you hear it? ASMR, ASMR, ASMR. My energy is pretty low today. I um, got back yesterday from a nice little sort of mini family vacation. I was still working during it, but I got to meet up with my mom, my stepdad, my sister, my brother along the central coast of California. It was so pretty. We stayed literally right on the beach. I say all the time that I'm not a beach person and it's true. I'm not, I'm not really an outdoor person. You know, I'm an, I'm an indoor cat. I'm an indoor cat. I like my indoor activities. Um, I don't like to be in the sun. Um, I like there to be a couch nearby, but even I, the indoor cat, was able to enjoy the scenery and some hiking and some walking around and just kind of being around the beach. It was nice because we, where we were, we had like a balcony that kind of looked over the ocean. So I could be on my couch inside and look and see the ocean and appreciate the waves in the way that I like to, which is still on the couch inside. So 10 out of 10, it was a great time. My mother was able to join as a guest for the last episode um, that came out. So if you haven't listened, be sure to tune in. We had a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. Next time I, I go up north to see the family, we will be recording again. I, my poor mom, I was like, we got to do this all the time. You're my new co-host. And she's just like, I can't commit to that. But um, we're going to make it work. We're going we're gonna to do more episodes together for sure. In terms of milestones, last week I hit one year and nine months sober, which is so exciting and crazy because... I don't know, it sort of just dawned on me that I'm quickly coming upon two years, like my next real big milestone is going to be two years. And with how fast time is going, September is going to be here like in a second. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to decide what I want to do because I want to, I want to, I don't know, gift myself. I want to treat myself to something. I was thinking about getting a tattoo. There's this Buffy tattoo. I already have a Buffy tattoo that my mom thinks is like so cringe. I literally have the B logo from Buffy. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, for those who are like, what the fuck is Buffy? Yeah, I literally have the B from the logo tattooed on like my hip. And this I've wanted for such a long time to get Once More with Feeling, which is the musical episode title. I mean, I just love, I love that episode. It was very special to me when I was like 12 years old and going through depression for the first time. And the entire episode, it's like all metaphors for Buffy going through depression. And so um, I think I want to get that. I don't know, maybe I, I may I may treat myself early and do it before September, but I'm just trying to figure out what kind of two-year, two-year present I want to give to myself. I also thought, oh, maybe I can do some sort of weekend getaway Um but there is something about vacations that does still trigger me sometimes. And I had to, I was like, oh, you know, I could go to Palm Springs for a weekend by myself. But the reality is, I wish I was a more adventurous person. I know that I would get there and then I would be kind of bored and feeling introverted and feeling nervous. And I would be afraid that the temptation to drink to solve that boredom, to solve that anxiety. Uh, I'm just, I, I get nervous about that temptation. I feel like I'm in a really good place. It's like, why why tempt yourself? Why risk something if it could be a potential trigger? And I think that that's kind of something I'm working on right now is 
figuring out when I should take a risk and when it's better off to just say, you know what, this this could trigger something and let's just not do it. Let's just step away from it. I'll be honest, even driving to this little family vacation that we just had, I had to drive through a bunch of wineries for like a long stretch. So I'm driving through acres and acres of vineyards. Every mile, there is some chateau-looking building with wine-tasting signs, and I could see all the grapes, and it was just, it all looked so charming and so inviting. And as I'm driving, I thought, what if I just stopped? What if I just stopped here in the middle of nowhere? Like, this isn't my town. This isn't my hometown. I'm not with my family. Nobody knows where I am in this exact moment. I could stop. I could stop, and I could have a glass. Who's going to know? Who's going to know? Who would know? In the past, when I was drinking, I would have given a thought like that, a lot of merit, a lot of power. I would have said, good idea, brain. And I would have made excuses for myself. I would have justified it. I would have done mental gymnastics to make it okay and make it feel like it wouldn't have counted. It would be fine. Before this current sobriety kick, I tried haphazardly often to get sober. I would get a few days under my belt, maybe even a week, maybe two weeks. I would listen to recovery podcasts. I would listen to Mark Marin, and then that thought would come in and I would say, fuck it. I am, I am lucky because if I'm being honest, I don't feel triggered very often. I can be around wine. I can hear about it. I can exist in its orbit and nine times out of 10, I'm fine. Like I actually really truly am fine. Not just saying I'm fine, but I actually am fine. But that doesn't mean I can discredit that one out of 10 times. And, and sometimes those thoughts do come. But what I have done is I have redefined them. Whether this is a, a totally accurate use for uh, the word, something that has been helpful for me is to identify those thoughts as an intrusive thought. I have had intrusive thoughts my whole life. It's the, what if I just drove off of this bridge as you're driving, this thought that pops up and you're literally like, what the fuck? You don't want to do that. You're not going to do that. But it's this weird, weird ass thought that just pops into your head and freaks you out. And so that's how I am now categorizing these brief, I want to have a drink thoughts. I am not going to do that. I don't want to do that. My brain just had a little misfire. It's just an intrusive thought. And the thing about intrusive thoughts is you can't control them. They are not an impulse. They're a thought. Sometimes they can be sexual or violent or scary. And for a lot of us who have struggled with these intrusive thoughts that seem to come out of nowhere about things that we don't want, things we don't want to do, things we don't want to have happen, it can feel really disorienting because you start to question yourself and think, do I want this? Is this an impulse? And the reality is for most of us, I'm not going to say for every single person, but for the vast majority of us, intrusive thoughts are simply thoughts. And there is nothing wrong with you for having an intrusive thought. It doesn't mean it's something you want. It's not some deep desire. It's just a bizarre fucked up thought that you had. And Every single person has had a weird thought pop into their head. Now, when it becomes more damaging to day-to-day life is usually when it's attached to an anxiety disorder or something of the nature. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health professional, only speaking from what I've experienced and what I've known. But 
every single person has had an intrusive thought, I think at least once. And when they become a pattern and when they become sort of damaging to your mental health, that's when it's something that maybe, you know, you need to work on with a therapist or other stuff or medication. Again, I think that they, when I have had them, they have been attached to um, my generalized anxiety disorder. Especially as a kid, I would I would get these thoughts, um, a lot of times sexual ones or or like a disturbing image, and it would come into my head, and I would be lying in bed, and I would be like, "Ew, I don't want that. I don't want that thought. I don't want that image." So I would try to conjure up a different one, but then that other one would keep popping up, keep popping up, keep popping up, and it was so distracting because you were trying so hard not to think that thought and then that makes you think the thought even harder I have found that letting that thought just be there and not attaching any meaning to it not beating myself up for it not overly investing any emotion into that thought is the best way to let it eventually pass the thought is there it it's just a thought It's not forever. It's temporary. You're going to have another thought. So just let it be there. Let it pass. Know that it doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. And it'll go away. I guess in some ways I sort of put my alcohol cravings as intrusive thoughts or triggers. I sort of put them all kind of together in the same category of knowing that This is an uncomfortable thought, feeling, emotion, but it's not forever and it's going to pass and I'm not a bad person for having it and it's here right now and I can acknowledge that it's here and I can sit with it being here and I just know that it's, it's just a thought and thoughts do not have power over my actions. So that's what I did while I was driving through all of those vineyards and I had that thought. I just said, all right, there's that thought, and I let it hang out for a minute, and then it was replaced by song lyrics to whatever the hell I was listening to. It didn't last that long. It didn't ruin my trip. It didn't ruin my mood. It ruined, I don't know, uh, two minutes of my life where I was thinking about it, and then it went away, and that is a really important thing to remember. I think especially going into summer, there's a lot of I think triggers for people who are sober. I don't know, just recognizing those intrusive thoughts as just thoughts and that they don't have to dictate what you do. And I think we can apply that to a lot of things with mental health. I mean, I know that I apply that to other things of um, moments where anxiety is really bad and just it's it's so much, I will say, it's so much easier said than done. And I get that. It's so much easier to be like, it's just a thought. It doesn't have power over you. Whereas in the moment, uh, it feels like it has power over you. But I think just letting it ride and just giving it time. And if that means you have to take a time out and you have to just sit there and do nothing and just sit there with that thought until it passes and you need to lie down, you need to find a corner, you need to meditate, you need to excuse yourself from wherever you are, that's fine. And you just need to do whatever it is that's going to help you get through that moment. So that's what I've been thinking about. My intrusive thoughts are about intrusive thoughts. Ugh, that's not funny. I don't know. I'm just tired and... Uh, anyway, it's time for... It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sobriety. I feel like I actually have a ton this week because I actually was doing things. When I was with my family, so we were going to go on this hike. Um, we were going to go to this beach. 
And apparently we overshot it by like 20 miles driving. And so we pulled over and we asked a local. We're like, oh, we're looking for blah, blah beach. You know, do you know where that is? And she's like, oh, well, yeah, it's 20 miles this way. She's like, but while you're here, you should go a couple miles up because all of the elephant seals come to this beach and they like, you know, just all sleep and hang out. And it's they're really cool to see. So we were like, oh, shit, let's go see the elephant seals. Now, if you don't know what an elephant seal looks like, Stop and Google that shit right now. They are bizarre. They straight up look like Gonzo from the Muppets. They are these alien-like looking creatures. And then the way they move and they just like waddle their whole body and they almost in a weird snake-like movement on the beach. It's incredible. They were currently in the molting, um, in the molting process, which is where they shed the outer layer of their hair and skin. Um, so, and then they do this thing when they're lying on the beach, they're just all lying down, like sleeping and they just look like me just on the couch, passed out, just, you know, constantly tired, um, with their little fins, they will throw sand up onto themselves and nobody really knows why they do it. They think maybe it's like to protect them from the sun. Like that sand is like an SPF and I love to hear it because I'm all about protecting your skin from the sun. So well done, elephant seals. Even though I am an indoor cat, I love animals, so getting to see wild animals in their natural habitat just sort of doing their thing is always very cool, and so that was a that was definitely memorable. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sobriety. I hope you are having a fantastic day. If you would be so kind, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you find yourself i don't know looking for something to do you're like wow i've already watched all my shows on netflix i've already scrolled through tiktok and ig what could i possibly do in this exact moment well let me tell you what friend leave me a nice rating and review it would be so kind of you i would love it i think i need to take a nap thank you guys so much and i'll talk to you all next week okay bye everyone (laughs) 